Get to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski. Lion stuff is just, oh my God, I just want to vomit. Aaron Hawksworth. That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you. On the BetQL Network. Now Seeger to right center field, way back there. Well, at least you didn't have to stay up late to cash the tickets or to find out what the actual outcome of that one was going to be. <laughs> World Series game for all Rangers early on. Corey Seager pushing towards a World Series MVP and the Rangers pushing toward a title as they are now up 3-1. Welcome in to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. I am not Ed Egros. I am not even close to being Ed. I am Chris Mack filling it for Ed today alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. And we have got you covered today with a million things to go over. We do have to talk about game five tonight. And is there anything left to bet on in this world series and in game five, specifically Sean Zarillo of the action network going to join us in the middle of our third and final hour, Brad Spielberger of pro football focus for his weekly Wednesday morning visit to BetQL daily And so much more. We got college football rankings out. The playoff has the top four ranked. And we can break down whether we think the committee got it right or not. We've got NFL Week 9 line movement and a Thursday night game now just a little bit more than 24 hours away as well. Don't forget, you can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql. We are streaming on your Odyssey app. It's free, so download it today if you haven't yet. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Of course, you can watch us on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. And we're on X at BetQL Daily. Good morning, friends. Aaron, Joe, thank you for letting me insert my ugly mug into your wonderful show for the next few days while Ed is out. Um, First and foremost, I have to ask if you guys are being bludgeoned with Christmas music in your homes the day after Halloween, (laughs) as I am already being bludgeoned early this morning. Were there some uh, requests to Alexa already this morning? Like a turn? Like I woke up, Joe, I woke up this morning. There's snow on the ground in Western Pennsylvania. For those who know, I'm based in Pittsburgh. Joe, you're in Chicago. There's snow on the ground there. (laughs) It's like somebody hand-delivered Mariah Carey to our front (laughs) door. Is it necessarily a terrible thing? Uh. But... Uh, I don't know. I can't do Christmas music on November 1st, guys. No, no, no. Here, I've. this is tough for me because I've got a standing rule, and I always – and I get it. And if I ran like a light music station, I would probably be doing the same thing because I know it's going to happen to the ratings. But before Thanksgiving, no, that is a no-go. And I'm the guy that's like, listen to whatever you want to listen to. If it brings you happiness, cool. I've reached that point in my life. But there's just something about the Christmas music, knowing it's going to be here for the next eight weeks. I can't. It's too much. Okay, so I went on Instagram this morning, and a friend of mine already put her Christmas tree up today. And I thought, wow, that's a lot. Never thought of that. But I'm not mad at it. Like, you must – the turnaround was quick from Halloween. Like, there wasn't much wiggle room to get that tree up and put the picture on Instagram this morning. But then I also saw a post that people who decorate for Christmas early are happier. 
And I actually do buy into that. I could see it. And it's like you spend the money. Why only enjoy the decorations for a week or two? Get them up early. I, I haven't done it, but I think it might be a good strategy and something that I will start doing. What about the flip side? Because I've got neighbors that only live here half the year, and they're going to be leaving shortly. So the Christmas decorations are about to go up. And guess what? Guess what? In March and April, when I go outside, I'm still seeing Christmas decorations because they're not no. back yet. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So what, what about those people that literally leave their stuff up for half the year? No. That's no, worse. you get – you you get like two weeks after Christmas. I'll give you two whole weeks after Christmas to get that stuff down and put away. But March, no, no, that's doing it wrong. If they can afford to live somewhere else half the year, then they surely can afford to pay someone to put the yes, direction, the decorations in their garage. Like that's rude and unacceptable <laughs> on all accounts. Well, right. uh, not not quite not quite as rude as getting fired in the middle of the night, maybe, but. I mean, Ooh. at this point, are, are we surprised that it happened to Josh McDaniels? The Raiders fire him and Dave Ziegler, their general manager. Uh, again, I don't. if you had your first coach fired tickets, uh, go ahead and cash them in on McDaniels this morning. I don't think we're necessarily surprised by this, especially when you saw the reactions on the sideline in the locker room after this past weekend's game from Devontae Adams. Jimmy G is not the guy. Uh, Josh McDaniels was not the guy. And apparently uh, Mark Davis is going to clean house above and beyond uh, just McDaniels as Ziegler is out as well, Joe. Another Belichick assistant goes down in flames. They think, mm -hmm. okay, maybe this is the time. It's going to happen. He's been sitting there waiting for his opportunity. Nah, he's, Belichick's still hanging on, so he's actually going to leave. And uh, there's a big – F, big failure once again. The Eberflus first coach fire tickets are very popular in this area. Those go up in flames. Staley ones are dead. Rivera, that was the hot ticket early in the season. Uh, they're breaking up the team, but those go down as well. And uh, here we are with the Raiders again, paying a coach for a long time. They've got this guy on the hook for four and a half more years. Like He just got there. I totally understand making this move. We all get it. The Jimmy G thing was a mess. You make the move for Devontae. Look how unhappy he is. You can see it uh, during the game on Monday. The in-game decisions, though, Aaron, I felt like that was the worst. That What we were seeing from him as it was getting worse and worse week after week. Bottom line, getting near the end of year two, this team can't do anything. There are a couple of star players on offense and defense, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, but they aren't well at doing anything like even uh, some teams you could point to okay at least they could stop the run at least they have an identity on offense maybe it's running the football whatever the Raiders don't have any identity and they're out there in that, that new stadium and they thought McDaniels was a splash you hire well it's, now they're gonna be looking for another one yeah and we've been doing the show a few seasons now what was wrong with Rich Basaccia I loved that yeah. guy <laughs> they won four straight games he wasn't a splashy guy interim head coach but like they were getting it done with him now they're going to turn to interim head coach Antonio Pierce not sure I have a strong opinion on that I really don't know what they're going to get there but perhaps more of a player's coach and some veteran leadership type vibes that they'll get uh while they try to clean house and make some other 
decisions. And as far as McDaniels, kind of feels like the Belichick way only works for Belichick in New England because it certainly didn't work for McDaniels in Las Vegas. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we get that that new coach bounce, especially with Pierce going up against his old team, right? Like he's go Raiders are playing the Giants. Is there something in there for Antonio Pierce to prove something? There are a bunch of guys want to prove something to him on the roster. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. That that's an interesting one. Uh, Giants uh, actually dogs uh, visiting the Raiders. We'll get into line <laughs> movements later this week. Giants, uh, excuse me, later in the show, two and a half. Uh, the Raiders are favored by. We'll see how that moves throughout the week. And again, if there's any bounce on that with the new coach, it is BetQL Daily presented to you by BetMGM. Chris Mack in for Eddie Egros alongside Joe O and Aaron Hawksworth. And whew, the trade deadline comes and goes, and the commanders light it all on fire, Aaron. They just mm-hmm. say, you know what? We're good. Yeah, get out of here. We, we, we don't chase Young for a third rounder. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what what is the flea market attitude in in Washington? <laughs> Chase Young for a third rounder. Montez Sweat <laughs> to the Bears as well. Um, I, like like I get you've got a young quarterback and and you, maybe you're trying to build something on that side of the ball. A, a nice receiving core, but man, to to kind of uh, still with this much time, you, you didn't get to see a lot of Chase Young when he was healthy. Um, this seems like they're kind of setting things on fire. It really does, and it's. You look at the comments from Commanders fans, it's like, a third-round pick? But, like, what has this guy done? He hasn't stayed healthy. There's been a lot of issues. And the funny thing is, him and Montez Sweat have been friends, and you look at what the other teams got in terms of value, it's like you're basically saying Montez Sweat is better than Chase Young at this point. Will Chase Young ever live up to – I agree. (laughs) But will Chase Young ever live up to the hype? That remains to be seen. Perhaps a change of scenery. Maybe he will stay healthy. But uh, the commanders, we, I we saw this coming here in Washington. We knew they weren't negotiating contracts. It seems like they just want everyone's con- – they, they want a clean slate here, a new regime. And that's the direction that they're heading in. I think they're doing things the right way. They know what they have in their players. They know what those guys are like in that building. And they decided to turn the page, Joe. They're in a teardown. They're in a teardown, and wow, it's just both guys were gone at the end of the year. You're not tagging either. You weren't extending either. So let's get something. Um, Rivera's going to be gone. They're trying to get an answer on the quarterback. If he can stop taking sacks, is how will someone that they can work with moving forward and figure everything else out? Not quite sure. It's funny. In the D.C. area, your perspective on the Chase Young is, oh, you didn't get enough. Like, look, you got so much for sweat, but you didn't get enough for Chase Young. What are you doing? And the idea here is, what are the Bears doing? You're giving up so much again. And Chris Mack covering the Steelers, you know, we did this a year ago. It is hard to erase the Claypool trade. It's hard. These players are on different tiers, though. Different tiers. Like Montez Sweat is an accomplished, impact player. Chase Claypool was, okay, he was pretty good as a rookie. Can he get back to that? And, And he hasn't. And what the Bears traded away a year ago for Claypool, for people that forget, was their second rounder, which ended up being a first rounder because it was number 32 overall in the draft. Mm -hmm. So the question is, are the Bears doing that again for a guy that is about to be a free agent? They have all the money in the world. Um, 
So the expectation is they do extend him. If they can't work out an extension, if he doesn't like being a bear, which I would totally understand, they'll end up tagging him because they have the money to tag him. 27 years old. He is better than young. But my point is, I got a lot of Bears fans upset, is look, they're not going to be in a position to win, even in an awful division outside of the Lions. They're not going to be in a position to win while he is in his 20s. And yes, things can flip in this league, but they need so much. They need to keep acquiring picks and moving down and not trading away assets. And that was my biggest uh, issue with, with the sweat move that, I mean, yeah. you, you are in no position to trade away what's going to be a very high second round pick. Yeah, Sweat, Young, holding on to Jalen Johnson. It, it's like the Bears don't get where they're at on the timeline right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they don't understand where they're at. And, and Washington being more aggressive on on their teardown, maybe you know, gunning maybe for a top ten pick. They sit eleventh now, I think it is. Um, saying, hey, uh, we'll we'll see what we have, like you said, Joe and Sam Howe. And then another team that has been very clear about what they're trying to do this year. They are. All in on tanking. The Cardinals deal Josh Dobbs to Minnesota. <laughs> and I, I think what's interesting here is that, you know, Josh Dobbs is what he is. He's a career backup quarterback who's maybe found a little something in Arizona. Really smart guy. Great guy. I know him from his time here in Pittsburgh. Super nice guy. Super, like I said, intelligent. He's literally a rocket scientist. Everybody talks about, you know, that's what he went to Tennessee for. Uh, now he goes to Minnesota, a team that's back to 500, who's maybe three weeks away from getting Justin Jefferson back. Who knows? Maybe the Vikings surprise the heck out of all of us again, Joe. Maybe light a little bit of a spark. That spark that we saw in the first yeah. few weeks of the Cardinals season when the market was clearly more down on on the Cardinals than they should have been. So they they exceeded expectations early, and then things kind of settled in. Maybe you can get that. He's going to have better receivers in Minnesota, not much of an offensive line. They're not interested in running the football at all. So we're going to get a mm-hmm. chance to see what Dobbs can, can do. It's, it's a slight upgrade. Let's, it's not going to take much to get one of those last couple of wildcard spots in the NFC. It's not going to take much. If you can hang around 500, there's going to be a team there. And right now, Minnesota has the last playoff spot with a four and four record. They keep winning without Justin Jefferson. Try to make sense of that. Uh, but but they have winnable games in this division. Jordan Love stinks. We know what the Bears are. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of winnable games. They can make the playoff. I was wondering if they were going to tank moving forward. They're clearly not. They had the opportunity to tank and lose uh, with with their current quarterback, but they decided not to. So I thought this was very telling. Kevin O'Connell was a quarterback coach right here in Washington. Colt McCoy was on the team then. He decides Mm. to pass on Colt McCoy and go with Josh Dobbs. I was a bit surprised, but maybe we're going to learn a lot about Kevin O'Connell as a talent evaluator because he had to have had a, a big say in who they brought in. Vikings plus 225 to make the playoffs. So when you're keeping an eye on the back end of that NFC playoff picture, and like you said, Joe, it is really thin once you get down past, what, the five seed in the NFC Mm -hmm. and you start scraping the bottom of the barrel for some of those teams. Uh, We'll talk World Series Game 4, react to what was an absolute drubbing of the D-backs by the Rangers, and NFL power rankings. The best receivers in the NFL. We just mentioned a guy who might be coming back from injury soon. Who else tops our list alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth? I'm Chris Mack. In for Eddie Gross today. You are locked into BetQL Daily right here 
on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.